0: Welcome to Unlocking Innovation, a podcast from EX3 Labs in 1871. We'll be talking to leaders in innovation about what keeps them ahead of the curve in today's atmosphere of rapid change and how they cultivate a culture of innovation within their organizations. I'm your host, Adam Wisniewski. Today's guest is Christy Ross. Christy is the co-CEO and president of Tasty Trade, the most watched financial network that aims to make finance fun and actionable. She's been honored with the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, a place in Crane's Tech 50, the Tech Week 100 list, and a number of others. You also may know her from being featured in Fortune and the Chicago Tribune. Christy has also been an active board member for a variety of banking, trading, and technology companies. Today, she's joined us to give some insight into her unique company culture, what it's like to operate as a co-CEO, and differentiating her company from competitors. All right. So we're super excited to have uh, Christy Ross here. Um, Very interested to deep dive into some of your background, but would you mind giving an overview of uh, your career journey?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Adam. I'm excited to be here. Um, uh, Where do I start? Uh, Let's see. I started out in public accounting three decades ago, which is a long time ago. Um, But I've really been in and around the brokerage and trading industry a majority of my career. Um, I've been through over 30 mergers and acquisitions and capital raises also in my career. Um, I, I had this love for math and finance. Um, and so through public accounting clients, I was exposed to trading and I was like, that is absolutely where I needed to be. And through my different choices that I made in my career, I, I eventually got there. Um, at age 25, uh, one of our clients needed a CFO and I raised my hand. A little crazy because I actually got the job, um, <laughs> but it was all about taking risks. And I think that one of the things throughout my whole career, I, I, it has resonated with me that that taking risks helps catapult you forward, even if you fail. Um, it is something that you are constantly learning, constantly moving forward. Uh, and so that's something, you know, even all the way today at Tasty Trade is we talk about taking risks. Uh, so it just really is in my DNA.
0: Interesting. So I want to deep dive a little bit in the risk taking because I think um, especially our audience is, is curious as to how to jump f- forward in, into different innovation initiatives. And sometimes there's a lot of risk associated with it, especially with large clients. When you think about that, that catalyst from the career transition, I typically find that most people do something either to avoid pain or seek pleasure. So when that, when you were asked to potentially move into that CFO role, what, what would you describe that as?
1: I would say there's a certain aspect that you, you have a mindset of saying, what is the worst that can happen, right? And if you go into something with that mindset, you... You, you already try to figure out that, that the, the failing part and whether you can stomach that, right? And it's something where I think if you, if you go in and you try it and it, it doesn't work, as long as you have confidence in yourself that you can figure it out and, and try another path, um, I think that's what really matters.
0: Absolutely. So we know we all know Tasty Trade um, is a really really well known brand. Um, we started in twenty eleven. Twenty eleven,
1: we launched. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So what was that that spark um, that that drew the idea?
1: Yeah. So I have to give credit to my co CEO Tom Sosnoff. Um So we've we've. Uh, really, our whole team has been in this industry for a long time. And uh, Tom was one of the founders of Thinkorswim, which was an online brokerage that we sold to TD Ameritrade back in 2009, and I was the CFO. So we were, you know, partners in that sense, working on strategy. Um, and had been through actually six mergers and acquisitions uh, during the six years uh, that that I was there. So uh, we've seen a lot in the industry, and so when we took a step back and we looked at what was missing, it's you know finance wasn't fun for most people, right? And there was too much information out there. So it's sort of this combination of too much noise. Mm-hmm and not enough fun. And so Tom actually came up with the idea for Tasty Trade initially. And it looked very different when we first started versus where we are today. Um, but we really went in with a mission to make finance fun and actionable. And and that's what we did. And that actually still holds true today after eight years. Um, and we have seven companies within our company. So it's, it's something that uh, to still have sort of that same mission, we just execute on it a little bit differently. But it was about that white space. It was about what was missing in the industry, and we tried to fulfill that with Tasty Trade.
0: So I believe you're the first co-CEO we've ever had on the podcast. So I'm interested in the dynamic of having a co-CEO, what that looks like, how the conversation started, and did you have any apprehension?
1: <laughs> I'd like to say it was planned, but it wasn't really planned. Um, so I was the CEO of Doe, which was our front-end trading platform. I'm going to call it Old Doe because there is a storyline here because um, we just launched new dough recently. But I was the CEO of Doe and Tom was CEO of Tasty Trade at the time. When we decided to take our front end trading platform that was called DOE and build out the back end and become an online broker again. Um, we decided that at the parent company level we would be co-CEOs and then we would uh hire a CEO to actually run the brokerage, so a registered broker dealer. So we brought in the the co-founder from Thinkorswim, way back when, who was retired, Scott Sheridan, to come in and run TastyWorks. Ah. I know I almost need a whiteboard to like <laughs> map this whole thing out. Because you know what? Entrepreneurship is not linear. Yeah. Okay? It is about just figuring it out. You're gonna be throwing curveballs. There's no plan you can sort of lay out and it's going to say it's going to exactly be like this, and you actually execute on that business plan. It just doesn't work that way. It's about looking for opportunities and listening to the customer and sort of basically reacting to that and building from there. But again, like our core mission, right, is is to make finance fun and actionable. And really, if you look at everything that we're doing, it's it's all about that. It's all about empowering the the self-directed investor. So back to the, the co-CEO thing. So, When we combined the company, um, the two companies, we decided that we really were – we both came to the table with very different skill sets, and we've known that from working together basically for a very long time. Um, And so he spends a majority of his time on air and talking directly with customers, and I spend a, a large part of my time basically working on running the company. And so it's the combination where we come together on strategy and looking forward in, in the different things we want to do and, and you know executing on it together. So, but we're like brother and sister, like we butt heads and <laughs> that's good because we challenge each other too every day.
0: So there's constant growth, which is constant always a good thing. Constant growth, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, you, you mentioned two things that it feels like they, they kind of serve as the North Star for Tasty Trade, which is making sure that it's actionable and making sure it's fun. Um that's a pretty big differentiator when you talk about kind of the market as a whole and there was probably a void, especially when you launched the company. Can you talk a little bit about other factors that help differentiate you from from competitors or the market?
1: Yeah, so I would say um there's a number of different things. First of all, with Tasty Trade, we produce eight hours of live programming every day talking about the financial markets. So we have like fifty different shows. Um, that alone is different than any other sort of financial company that provides uh, financial services like brokerage um, and trading and content and education. So it's really the ecosystem that we've created that that makes it unique. On top of the fact that it's very different the way that we approach the customer, meaning that we provide access. We have like literally open access. You can send me an email. You can send Tom an email and we'll answer it. So as CEOs, we're not, you know, we're not like pushing ourselves away from the customer, we're embracing the customer. We want to hear what they have to say. We want to interact with them. We don't want, you know, that to be somebody else's job. It's everybody in the company's job, right? Because right. we're there for the customer. So I think that just those things alone differentiate us from other companies.
0: One of the things that I love about the, the pathway that you took is that there's certainly a lightweight way to handle communication, especially with creating less noise in the market because you said that was a major pain, pain point your customers had. You guys decided to create a full-fledged financial network, which has live programming, audio, multimedia, all that, – that's pretty heavy, but mm-hmm. it helps solve that pain point. It's not a, an email that, you're gonna, that your customers are going to receive to help give them particular information or perspectives on certain things. Talk to me about why you made the choice to go that heavy so soon in the business and if that was always the plan.
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. Actually, the, the, initially we were going in to just do audio, so a talk show online. And then at that point, when you look back at 2010, 2011, um, that's when YouTube, like literally their graph looked like this, like straight up, right? When it comes to video consumption that's and right. we're like, uh, we better go buy cameras. <laughs> right. And so it really was sort of this pivotal moment before we launched where we're like, you know what? We need to make sure that we are looking at the forward. Trends um, and jumping on that, so we we bought a bunch of cameras. Um, we started out in an old hip hop studio, not knowing if the concept was actually going to work or not, right? And bought these cameras and tried it out, and um, and sure enough, you know, it was it was something that started to stick. But we listened to our customers because we were a little heavy on the fun in the beginning, That's right. and they really wanted more trading. But so it it really ended up shifting where there really was just sort of a um you know it, it was it was we were a little too heavy on the fun and we just made sure we had a flare of fun throughout with a lot of financial information right making it making it um real and authentic and showing people how to apply those concepts of trading not just teaching them but actually showing them how to apply the concept but i want to i want to mention one quick thing if i can Because you said, you know, uh, there is a lot of noise out there in in the financial services industry, in the financial news and financial media. So what we have done is we've taken um, the trading concept. We created basically this logical, mechanical approach to investing. And so that has stayed Tried and true since day one. We will. We have learned through our research and and tweaked it, but the same sort of logical mechanical approach has applied. And so it's about clearing all that noise and teaching a method of trading that all of a sudden people feel super empowered and they still make their own decisions, but they understand the parameters and they they actually put the financial markets into um, it, like. I'm going to call it a consumable bucket because I like to talk about buckets, (laughs) but it's, they can actually consume it and understand and maneuver it.
0: And I I love that so much because I think what differentiates you in my mind is the fact that you all are meeting customers where they are. And I think that's very rare for a lot of financial networks um, in terms of making sure that you allow them to consume information wherever they are at that mm-hmm. particular moment, mm-hmm. and especially with video and audio content. And I've seen a lot of the videos and audio content that you all produce, and it's pretty outstanding. I've had the pleasure of, of uh, visiting the office space, too, and it feels like a state-of-the-art studio uh, with all this high-tech camera, and it's, it's really great content. So I encourage everybody who hasn't checked it out to, uh, to certainly check it out. So if, if you're talking about somebody who's an amateur at trading and getting started on your platform – how, how does the experience that you give them help enable that for the amateur?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's an awesome question. I love that question. And, and actually, as of today, we have two paths. So if I can, I'd love to share those two paths with you. Um, remember, I mentioned Doe previously. Well, we, we launched, let's call it New Doe. Um, and we did, we did that just this month. Um, and that is a free stock trading app um d-o-u-g-h and it is a great place to start if you've never traded stocks um, the content we have curated you know three minute videos and very consumable on the go um that's a good place to start because it 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 uh, categorizes for you. Let's say you want to um, just focus on public companies that have female CEOs, okay, the ones that do really, really well, <laughs> or on cannabis or whatever it may be. Um, they curate it for the types of buckets of information that you might want a consumer might want to trade and so um they do a really great job of this and have actually been working on this we've been working on this the team for over a year um so that's one area, if you've never really traded stock. If you've traded stock already, a really great place to start is to go to tastytrade.com. And in our Learn Center, we have uh, created an education, um, short videos and quizzes. You can earn a certificate at the end. Basically, go through it and it's all free. Like, all of this stuff is free. Um, and to just learn what that next step is, what it's like to not only trade stock, but, but what is it like to trade options and more, be more strategic in nature and we teach our logical mechanical approach and sort of the top 10 things you need to know when you jump into um, trading any underlying so jumping in at tastytrade.com in our learn center is a great place to start and then we have a wide variety of again free content and archives that covers everything from beginner to intermediate to advanced
0: fantastic So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about company culture because a lot of our audience um, are people that kind of run innovation initiatives or are in charge of kind of major projects or programs at large organizations. Um, You all have set a a pretty strong tone from a company culture standpoint. Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to achieve that? You mentioned FUN being a big kind of core philosophy that you have, especially when it comes to making um, trading accessible. Um, but specifically for the environment of the people that that work within the organization?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's probably twofold because one of the things we do with our customers is we empower our customers to control their finances. We do the same thing on the employee side, meaning we empower them to – take risks and be entrepreneurial and come to the table with with an opinion and to voice it and to be heard. And I think that that is really critical because if you want someone to flourish within your own organization, you have to be able to empower them and create the the type of environment where they don't feel um, like they're going to be judged or they're going to be, you know, uh, ridiculed or there's going to be backlash or somebody is going to feel like they're stepping on toes. So we've removed sort of that political BS from the culture to make sure that people feel like they can just really bring their whole self to work with their full opinions Right out there. Right. And we encourage that. And I, what we have found is tremendous, tremendous growth by our employees, people that have started in um, support and are now running a division. We have someone who started our research team and now they're running one of our companies. I mean, we really, truly try to empower each individual um, to be the best that they can be and untap that, you know, the potential that they have inside that maybe they don't even know they have.
0: Absolutely. So I'm curious if if there's any other uh, piece of advice that you can give to the, the, some of the larger corporations that they could potentially a- adopt from Tasty Trade's um, business model.
1: Yeah, uh, boy, a couple things. Um, I'll I'll talk about collaboration for a minute if I can. Um, people need to check their egos at the door, okay? Because there's way too much, you know, sort of territorial. Um, Uh, you know, walls within corporate environments, check your ego at the door and come together collaborating, not with just your, you know, senior management team, but collaborating with the support team, because guess what? They're your front line. They're the ones talking to the customers the most, right? It's about collaborating with everybody, not just that senior level, because you, you miss so much, Um, If you are not talking to the to the full stack, if you will, we run a very, very flat organization. um, So that enables that type of open communication and open door policy to happen. But it's really it's about listening. It's about listening and building on other people's ideas. I mean, here, collaboration breeds innovation. Right? And so if you're collaborating with somebody, it's about not, you get, you get, when I say check your ego at the door, it's because it's not about my idea or your idea, it's about what can we create together. And not walking out of the room going, oh, that one was mine and, right. you know, or it was yours. That's why what I mean by checking your ego at the door. It's it's really about what is the best for the customer. If everybody has, you know, what is best for the customer in mind when they come to the table, you people look at it differently, right? And it's it's about building what can you add to that idea that somebody just laid on the table. And so it's, um, but again, if you don't have that open environment where people can speak freely, that that's when you you stifle innovation. So it's do if you do the opposite um, and open the air, open the table, invite people that you wouldn't normally invite to the table. I mean, because diversity of thought is really what sort of helps that collaboration and, and um, innovation really take flight. So you need not senior management at the table only, right? You need a lot of different voices from a lot of different departments and a lot of different levels.
0: And talk to me a little bit about, because I love the fact that you mentioned how accessible you and Tom are. How has that translated to, I don't know, a success story or something that has helped grow the business?
1: Yeah, um, great question. So it's all about access and a two-way conversation, meaning that if you provide access to yourself and everybody has the same Um, mentality and and treating, you know, customers and everybody as if they're sitting right in front of them. You have that mindset going into everything you do um, and it creates this this wonderful open environment, right? Where people feel comfortable sharing. So we have customers. So customers, again, have access to anybody and everybody in the company. Um, And some of the best ideas have actually come from customers. I mean, we're traders ourselves first Mm of all. So we know what we want to deliver, but if you're, make sure that you're opening it up because not everybody looks exactly the same, right? right. Or trades exactly the same. Um, listening to what other people like and want. Um, sometimes all you got to do is shift a little bit and it makes a huge difference, right? So it's that two-way conversation and that access that I think is is really Critical. So it's you know, like I said, we've had a few ideas come in that are coming from customers. So if we didn't provide that access, there might be a couple things that we would do differently.
0: One of the things that um, I know of in 2011 is that um, a lot of uh, information related to trading wasn't accessible, and it was information overload, and certainly wasn't fun. And you help fill that void since then i 'm sure there's been a lot of competitors that have come in the space there 's everything from micro investing to all these different uh, apps that allow you to uh, to have more fun with trading and b- help it make more accessible uh, i'm curious how you view competitors in the space and, and what you all have done to kind of stay ahead of the curve
1: yeah so that's interesting so we don't um, we don 't focus necessarily on what our competitors are doing we focus on our customer mm-hmm. and what the needs are right and we see opportunities and we hear opportunities and and we move forward based on that right so it's we it's not that we don't pay attention to what the customers or the competitors are doing but we they're not moving as fast as we are and they're they're I feel like there are a number of them that are doing it in a traditional you know traditional sort of way. Um, there are new competitors popping up all the time and it's nobody really fits our um, our mo i mean because we provide sort of this three sixty experience That's between right. the content the technology, the actual brokerage services, and now we're launching a futures exchange. So we're actually creating product for the customer. Um, And so when you start to look at that, we we started out with content, and then we added the visual trading technology, and then we built the back back end out for brokerage services. And because the exchanges wouldn't listen to us to say, you know, we kept saying, create smaller products for the retail investor, the self-directed investor. And they were very focused on the institutional investor. Um, We said, fine, we'll do it ourselves, (laughs) right? So it's all about these different opportunities and the things that are missing. And we just jump out and do it if nobody else is going to do it, right? And so we've created this ecosystem, which is actually pretty hard to replicate. I mean, you could do it, anybody can do it. But it's also about... The authenticness that we bring to the table and the openness and the access and all of those things as well. So it's this 360 experience that the customer gets um, that I, I'd say it's pretty hard to replicate. We have competitors in each one of those areas, but nobody that is doing exactly the same thing that we're doing.
0: So you mentioned platforms, certainly mentioned um, applications. I'm sure technology plays a big part of, uh, of your business and your business model. Um, I'm curious if, if there's a bold prediction you might have as, in terms of the way that trading is going um, for the next three to five years. How do you see technology playing a role in that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so let's see. Probably something worth noting is about three out of four young adults um, don't have a financial app in financial investing app on their phone. Interesting. So not today. Yeah. But if I'm going to throw a bold prediction out there, over the next five years, I would say that that's going to flip in that three out of four will have an investing app on their phone.
0: Interesting. And, and what do you think they're they're going to be enabled to do, I guess? Is it is it going to be sitting on their phone and and, and it's there's not going to be a lot of use? Or do you feel like they're going to be really taking advantage of some of those?
1: I think they're absolutely going to take advantage of a number of different, you know, all of the different content. And more so, when you look at what has occurred over the last five years, okay, just the access alone to the financial markets. Right now, when you look at investing, and I'll give Doe as an example, right? There's no minimum funding. If you want to put in $5, that's fine. If you want to put in 500 or 5,000 or 50,000, you can do that. And if you want to make one trade, you want to just trade one share of stock, you can do that. And all it costs you is the cost of the stock, right? I mean, right. you have to pay for the actual, you know, share of stock. Right. But it's it's one of those things where you look at that 5 years ago and, you know, the one that really uh sparked that was was Robinhood at the time, mm-hmm. but before that, it was Zecco, and Zecco basically went out of business. So you know, Robinhood did something where it, they've they've changed that trajectory, um, and we've been in the industry for a long time. So we could look at them and go, okay, if they don't do this, they're going to fail. Well, then they did what we expected them to do, and that is to add options, because that was really only one. Way that they could actually make money. So, anyway, I mean, I won't get into the details of their financials, but it's something that um, understanding sort of how the brokerage system works and how those companies make money. Um, at the end of the day, you can offer a free trading app, but you still have to make money some way at the end of the day. So, and that's why it's failed in the past. But the trajectory forward with technology as it is today will, um, I think that's going to be something that's just going to be standard is free commissions.
0: So in in addition to your day-to-day work at Tasty Trade, um, you've also uh, the host of Bootstrapping in America. Um, Can you tell listeners a little bit about that show and, and where to find it?
1: Absolutely. Oh, my God. And thanks for like bringing that up, because it is like one of my favorite parts of the day. Uh, so at Tasty Trade, as I mentioned, we we produce eight hours of live programming every day, talking about the financial markets, about 50 different shows. But the one show that we do that I co-host um, is called Bootstrapping in America that does not talk about trading or the financial markets. Instead, we talk about entrepreneurship, because we believe we are we, we truly believe in entrepreneurship and empowering people to start businesses, um, you know, lead, or, like literally lead organizations within our organization and our different departments, and we try to empower our own employees. So, so looking at really that belief in entrepreneurship, um, doing the bootstrapping show, so we interview CEOs and um, founders of startups all the way to – Public companies, mm-hmm. and it really is about um, telling, allowing them to tell their story, and their, you know, share sort of those aha moments or those learnings along the way in building their company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's truly part one of the favorite parts of my day, just because I feel like I learned something new every day or it confirms something that i already knew or that we've experienced ourselves um and so it's it's really fun so it's uh at tastytrade.com mm. and under our shows it's under bootstrapping in america and we do it every day at 10 a.m from 10 a.m central to 10 30 so it's like a half an hour um and we've done over 2,000 shows, wow. which is really crazy. When that I when so I look back on that, absolutely. Yeah, we do it every day.
0: Yeah, Oh that's so awesome. I think you all have have set a, a standard in con- terms of uh, content delivery. So, kudos to you. So, Thank last you. question, most important question of the day: What's the one app on your phone that you can't live without?
1: Oh, tasty tray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Well, is there any place that uh, that people can find you if they want to stay in touch or uh, if they want to follow you online?
1: Absolutely. So certainly um, tastytrade.com or you can reach out to Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, at tastytrade.com or follow me on Twitter at Christy Ross X.
0: So she's truly living by the statement of accessibility. Love it. Awesome. Thank you for your time today, Christy.
1: Thanks so much for having me on, Adam.
0: Remember to subscribe to Unlocking Innovation wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to rate and review. To stay up to date with EX3 Labs news and events, follow us on social media. We're at EX3 Labs. See you next time.